Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. We are back. I'm your host, Steve Inman. I'm joined by my co-host and producer to the stars, Chris Burrito. This is our final show before the NBA regular season kicks off Tuesday. So Chris and I are going to break down the Western Conference. And then after that, we're going to make our awards picks for the season in what should be an amazing NBA year. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, we're back. As I said, how are you? Hey, Steve. Happy to be here on another episode of the All Hoops Podcast. Um, as you said, the NBA season is only a few days away. And I think, you know, we're sort of salivating at the chance of like being able to watch the games again. Um, but, you know, until until then, we're going to go over who our picks for the Western Conference um, play in and playoffs playoffs are. Um, I'm going to start with this. We both think that the Denver Nuggets are going to take yeah. the West. Um, we both agree. Everything else is sort of like up in the air. Um, I think the second best team in this conference will probably be the Suns. So let me completely acknowledge that they suffer from a lot of depth issues, as you know, and they have guys like Nurkic who, you know, if they're injured, it's going to be a big, it's going to cause a big hole in that roster. That being said, I think this team is so talented that I think that even if one of those guys are out, one of the three big, one of their big three guys, I think they have enough to be the second best team in the West. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. I think you you and I both put the Suns two in our in our rankings starting the year. I don't feel good about it at all. I just could not find a number two team. I mean, I think the Kings aren't going to be that team. I think the Lakers with LeBron and AD, I can't trust those guys to play 70 games each. each so I, I can't pick them. The Warriors have not shown any interest in the regular season in basically five years now. So I, I don't see why, you know, trading in pool for Chris Paul is going to make them care more about the regular season. I think if anything, it's going to go the other way. So I think I had to put the Suns there by default. I think, as you said, there's major depth issues here. They're th- they have three amazing stars and they're going to have games where those three guys put up 30 each and they put up 130 points and they're going to look amazing. But I also think there's going to be games where, you know, Durant misses, Booker misses, Beal has not been healthy the last couple of years. And if those guys go down, I, they just don't really have a lot there. There really isn't a lot there. Um, I don't think defensively they're going to be good at all. I think I, I can't see how they can win four playoff rounds with the roster they have right now. And obviously, you know, things can change. You know, this this group, we did not expect to add Kevin Durant at the deadline last year, right? We didn't expect him to swap Aiden for Nurkic, you know, so they've done a lot of unpredictable things. I think that'll continue, but at, the, at this very moment, I'm going to put the Suns there, but only because I can't find anybody else. Yeah. And I think the other thing with the Suns is that we don't know if this big three is going to work out. I mean, in theory, it's going to work out because all those, those two other guys are sort of malleable and can, can be flexible in how they play. But tell me this: Who is Kevin going? Is Kevin Kevin Garnett at eight? What you said, Garnett? Oh, look at me, Kevin Durant. Like at his age, is he going to be the one guarding the best guys on the other team? Probably. Anyway, that's something to think about for the Sun season. But I also think this is probably the most talented team in the West in terms of like star power. Um, 
and that's hard to ignore. Yeah, absolutely. So then, uh, go ahead. Then, no, so then at, for me, number three, I think I do have the Kings. I think they make a jump in terms of like, so they made a jump last year in the standings. I just think that they're going to continue to solidify what they have. I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. Um, the playoffs will be a different beast, but when we, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris, before we get through the rest of our top 10, uh, what team do you see making the biggest leap in those West standings? You know, last week we talked about the East. I said it was Orlando there. In terms of the West, who do you see making that big jump? Hmm. Is it, I, this is tough. I think leap is such a like relative word, but I think the Mavs probably make a jump back into the playoffs. Okay. Just because the Mavs, it, it seems to me that Luca took this offseason very seriously. Um, he has a number two now in Kyrie Irving. I think they're going to be a team that will finally get their ish together. And I actually think Luca's going to have an MVP season, but we'll get to that later on. Yeah, I, I think that's that's reasonable. Um, obviously, you know, as Nick fans, we're rooting for them to fail because we have their pick, but we're not rooting for them to fail completely because it's a top 10 protected pick. And we don't want to happen what happened last year, which was they tanked that last weekend, got to that 10th pick, and the Knicks got nothing to show for it. So hopefully they're in that play-in mix versus top of the West or bottom of the standings. So it's a very dangerous fine line there for us Nick fans. Uh, in terms of my team, I'm going to take the Thunder. I think this is the time. This is, you know, they have one of the best players in the NBA already in Shea Gills Alexander. I still love Lou Dort, Jalen Williams. They have both Jalen Williams. One of them looks like he's going to be a guy who could potentially make an all-star team or two. And then the big guy, Chet Holmgren, looks unreal chris and it was really going to come down to health with him obviously he's very very skinny is he going to be able to hold up for the rigors of an nba season i'm holding out hope yes so i'm taking the thunder i think they're making noise i think this is a team that's going to really impact the west um you know it's funny because last week when we said orlando I said they're making a big leap up to that number one playing spot, that seven seed. I think the Thunder are going to do the same thing. I think they're the seven seed. I think they're going to be great. Shea is going to be a, a guy who's going to be must-watch TV. So is Chet, and they have so many interesting young wings. And again, this is a team that has not been that bad. Like, we think of them as like, oh, like they're in the top of the, the lottery standings every year because they're like 20 and 22 every year, and they go, what's the point of being – a 10 seed. What's the point of this? Let's just bottom out. Shay, you're going out with an injury. We're not going to rush Chet back. We're, we have no reason to try. I think this year they feel like they have a reason to try. I think this is going to be a really fun, entertaining young roster that's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I see that. I completely see that. I think my only concern with the OKC is how they deal with the other teams in the West that are like a little bit more veteran savvy, but yeah. it's part of the growing pains. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, so Chris, why don't you tell us the rest of your top 10? Sure. Um, Nuggets, Suns, Kings, Warriors, Lakers, Mavs, Clippers, Pelicans, Oklahoma city, Grizzlies as my playoff. Yeah. And uh, play in teams. Yeah. I, I, I think part of the reason why I have Oklahoma city is so low is just because of the reason why I said, um, 
And then I, I, I'm actually giving the Pelicans a little bit more of a boost here just because I think that when Zion was playing with the Pelicans a few seasons ago, um, that team was like a top four team. Um, I just worry about his health. Long-term. I'm definitely not a big uh, Timberwolves guy at all, but I noticed you didn't put them in there at all. So is that an omission? Do you forget? Or you think they're just not a top 10 team? Which is fair. I, I To be honest with you, I forgot about them. Where would you put them? But at the same time, I think if I had to make a choice, I'd probably put them as the 10th seed. Okay. So I'm not I'm not very I'm not very confident that the Grizzlies can be a team that's gonna be a snip to play off playoffs or play in. Um yeah. mostly because of Ja. Ja is gonna be out for the amount of games it's gonna be out for, and I think that's gonna be tough to recover. And to me, this team isn't really a like a playoff team. I think we even with the loss of Tyrus Jones, like yeah, no, I, I think that's a great sure. point. Like the last couple of years, the Grizzlies have been really solid without Jaw. Like last year, they were 11 and 10. The year before, they were even better. Yeah. But they had Tyus Jones, and he was kind of running the show when, when Jaw was out. And I don't really get the rationale behind moving him when you knew this Jaw suspension was coming, right? And I, I know they love Marcus Smart, but Marcus Smart was not very good last year in Boston. This is a guy who's going to want a bigger offensive load. Okay. You, you, he wants a bigger offensive load. You got Jaron Jackson, who still leaves a lot to be desired offensively. Stephen Adams is more of a, a rim roller. That's you know three guys in your starting lineup who are just not really offensive creators or off guys who can make shots. Yeah. And so, I think it puts a lot of pressure on Bain to be more than just a shooter. He's going to have to be a go-to number one guy for at least a couple months. Yeah. And. Uh, I think that's a problem for this team. I have I have them nine. So just going through my list, uh, I have Nuggets, Suns, Warriors, Lakers, Kings, Clippers, Thunder, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, and the last team in Pels. So I have the Mavs out. I think, you know, this is just, I just don't think they have a lot of talent, Chris. I really don't. I mean, people keep saying like uh, Green is going to make a a step forward, but I, I think Kyrie has not shown that he can really impact winning in a long time now. And I think Luca's going to get frustrated with the lack of talent around him. You know, it's Luca's going to have to adjust his game to make other guys better. And he's not shown he can do that at this stage of his career. It's more, been more like Harden ball, but without Harden talent around him. And I think because of that, I think things can get ugly in Dallas. I think Kyrie could cause problems. I think this could be the year that Luca requests a trade. I think this can. I think things are going to get very ugly there. Well, I think one thing that can go to your point was that the Lakers and the, the Mavs were rumored to have interest. Well, the Lakers had interest in Kyrie. Yeah. And so they have the contracts to make that work if they decide yeah. to do that. Um, so that could be such a situation for us to monitor if things don't go well. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I don't know. I feel like Kyrie is still a prideful guy, and I think Luca is also. So I don't yeah. think the team is going to be worse than last year. Yeah, but they could be the same as they were last year and be what they were last year, which was an 11 seed. I mean, they were one out. Of, like, I don't think it's crazy to think that the same season happens again. Like, think about all what they got out of Luca. That was a lot they got out of Luca, and it still wasn't enough. Like, is Kyrie going to play 70 games or is he going to play 40 games and cause problems? Like, they, they lost a lot of their depth pieces by trading Kyrie Irving for, for Kyrie Irving. 
you know, I don't like what they're doing with the center position. They're they're depending on a bunch of different, you know, young guys and rookies to play meaningful minutes that weren't really top lottery picks. So I'm not really sure what's going on here. Um, but I think you're a little higher on them than I am. You know, this moving forward, our NBA award races here, uh, the MVP, I picked Luca a couple times in the last few years. I'm off of that train. You are not. No, I think he's going to win it this year. Like, they're not going to give it a Jokic again. They're not going to give it to Embiid again. So I think he's the next. They're not going to give it to Tatum because he has so much talent around him. Okay. And those those four guys, those three other guys are guys are on the top five or top ten, whatever. Um, And just Luka has, like, the most to prove here, right? Is he one of the best players in the league? Well, okay. Yes, sure. For sure he is. For sure. No, I, I think that's fair. Um, the reason why I'm picking Joker over uh, Luca is basically because Luca, there's just not enough talent around him. And if he if he's the best player in the NBA, and is he if he does what you think he will do, which is carry this Mavericks team to a six seed, I just don't think they really give MVPs to six seeds. I don't think they'll they'll do that. I think that's that's really hard to do. So like with with Joker. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of regret not giving him that third MVP after seeing what he did in the playoffs. I think people think, wait, we thought Embiid had a better year than Joker. And I think because of that rationale, I think if he's even close to what he did last year, I think he's going to get the award. I think there's a reason why he's the favorite for the award. And he's, I think he's the best player in the sport. And I think people don't want to, pick somebody over him unless they give him a reason to that's fair and listen if it gets if if Jokic gets it like more power to him he's the best player in the league right now and I don't think it's like no one's touching that right now um my only thing with Luca and like sure you mentioned the six seed but I think what makes this different this western conference different from years past is that it's listen one through nine or ten those are all like really strong playoff teams it's like a different beast i think it's not like the east where it's like you kind of know who the top five teams are and then the rest is like you don't know absolutely um that's my only argument for why i think even as a six seed he could win but you could be right i mean if Jokic wins it like i would not be upset yeah, no, I mean that that's definitely fair. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if Luca won it. It would be nice to see him uh get some recognition out there. Although secretly I am waiting for them to implode because guess who's gonna be the number one front runner to acquire Luca Doncic in a trade? You're gonna hear about the New York Knicks. So I'm I'm rooting for that to implode. I'm rooting for the Knicks to get that number eleven draft pick next year from them. Uh moving forward though, Chris, rookie of the year. We have some amazing candidates. And believe it or not, one of those candidates has been in the league now for is his second year. And that's Chet Holmgren. Uh, I would take, I'm taking him. I like it at plus 500. He just looks amazing so far. I think, you know, being able to take that year off and just kind of bulk up a little bit, you know, be around the team, kind of learn the NBA lifestyle. I think he's a pretty good understanding of what he is needed from him this year and I think also compared to the other rookie of the year candidates like Wemby or Scoot I think his Thunder team is going to be pretty good this year and I think because of that 
them going from a just outside the play-in team to a legit potential playoff team, the only real addition they made was adding a him. So I think for voting standpoint, people are going to think he's the missing piece. And I think that's why they're going to give him the rookie of the year. Listen, I think it's a really strong art. I mean, I can honestly go him or Wemby. Wemby's going to be my pick for, for, for our podcast. Yeah. The reason why I think Wemby is going to win it. And I think people are like, obviously amazed by the way he, um, um, scores the ball um but i think his impact on the defensive end is just like unreal yeah like i we're gonna see this man block jump shots from the best players in the league with ease and i think that shock factor is gonna really like impress the voters and i think for a for a league that prides itself on being offense 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 we're gonna see someone who can like wreck defensive havoc at any time he steps the floor in a way that we've never seen on the perimeter and you know throughout the the full length of the court anyway i think to me he's going to be the pick just because he's going to have all the opportunity to in san antonio he's going to be there he's going to be the number one off option you know um and i love chet also my thing is that I, I wonder if his contributions will be just overshadowed a little bit by like the amount of good players on that team. But those are, I like your pick too. Yeah. Uh, I think they're both great options. I think it just comes down to which one of them is probably going to play more. Mm -hmm. And San Antonio, I don't think they're really ready to try to compete yet. I don't think they really want to get out of those lottery standings just yet. I think they want to add another big piece to this team next year. Whereas I think the vibe I get from the Thunder is, okay, we've been tanking for long enough. It's time to go try to win some games. And I think because of that, when we get to February, March, April, Chet's going to be playing more than than Victor. Obviously, they're both two skinny, lanky, amazing kids. So like, there's really no way to know which one of them is going to play more. But based on the team's attitude towards this, I'm going to go with Chet right now. All right, moving forward, Chris, defensive player of the year. I'm going Giannis here. Uh, I think he's been one of the better, if not the best defensive player in the NBA the last few years. And I think them trading Drew Holiday for game just Ooh. further emphasizes the need for Giannis's defense. And I think because of that, he's going to get more recognition. Whereas before it said, okay, you have Brooke Lopez, you have Drew Holiday, how can we really evaluate if you are the best defensive player when you have all this defensive talent? Now you're you're trading in one of the best defensive guards in the league for one of the worst defensive guards in the league. And so I think because of that, if Giannis's Bucks had a great defensive season, I think he's going to get big uh, recognition for that. I like that at plus 700. What do you think? I, I, I love your pick, Giannis, but I think the same argument can be made about like, you have Brooke Lopez, who's also like a really good defensive player alongside him. My thinking, and for much of the reasons why I think Wemby could win Rookie of the Year, I also think he could be Defensive Player of the Year as well. Um, I just think that he brings something we've never seen before, which is someone who, uh, uh, a center who could guard literally anybody on the court with ease. Um, I'm just so impressed about what he could bring to the table that like, um, and listen, I don't know if the Spurs are a playoff team. 
but I think his impact defensively is going to be felt in such a way that's going to be like not seen before. Um, but I'm going with Wemby again. In your opinion, does Wemby play enough to get this award? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, I can't. I can't assume like. Sure. They're gonna get. No one's gonna get. No one can assume, especially in the NBA today. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I I think that's a good one as well. Uh, Chris, how about most improved? What do you think? This pick is gonna break my heart, and I think it's gonna be Obi Toppin. Oh wow, wow! You might be right. To me, this this award is about opportunity and and jumps career jumps um correct me if i'm wrong steve but this is a contract year for obi right sure is so you pair that with the fact that he's going to be with a point guard who's actually going to pass him the ball in in an offense that's going to involve him and i just think he's going to have all the opportunities to be like you know a 15 to like 18 point scorer on a team that like is going to go run and gun, which is perfect for Obi. Um, I think we're going to see him flourish, unfortunately, for our for us Knicks fans. Yeah, I, I think you're right too. I mean, obviously they took a power forward in the top ten of the draft, so it's it remains to be seen if he will get that full leash like we think he will. But so far, it looks like he will. It looks like this is they're letting him loose. This is going to be his spot. And I, I think that's a great pick. I really do. I think that's, you know, that would not surprise me one bit. Uh, I'm going to go Maxi. I got that at plus 1,200 here. I just think, you know, with him, he's shown he can light it up. I think, you know, you already had Embiid come out this week and say, like, if Maxi wants, he can lead the league in assists. I think they don't know what they're getting out of Harden. If Harden doesn't show up, you know, Tyrese Maxi is going to be asked to score, you know, 25 and 8. And if, if he does that, I think this is a wrap, basically. Like, I think he easily gets it, especially for a playoff team that desperately needs his production. Mm-hmm. I think that's an easy one. Um, my theme this year, if you've noticed, is basically trying to get the narratives going, right? Whereas, like, what are the voters going to see? And so I'm going Maxi. I think, because people love him, and I, I think he's uh, he's ready to take that leap if Harden is not around. and. I think either Harden's not going to show up or I think Harden's going to get traded in the next few months for a package that's not going to bring a guy in above Maxi. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great pick also. Maxi to me is like such a nice guy. And like, I, I see like all that potential with him. And I feel like in some ways, like Harden is holding him back. So I'm excited to see what that, that, that next step forward for the Sixers are. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you there. Um, in terms of our uh, coach of the year, uh, I'm gonna go Mark Dagnall. We've talked at length about how much I love the Thunder. I think he's a really good coach. He's a we, coach of the year nominee. He was a coach of the year nominee last year. I think you know this year they're gonna be more in the spotlight with you know him having a better team. They're not. I don't think they're gonna shut everybody down in March and April like they have been the last few years. So I think he's gonna get some recognition and they're gonna win mid 40s games and. Uh, Thunder are back? To me, I, I think for some of the same reasons, except for the inexcusable amount of times they tanked, is uh, the Pacers. I think uh, uh, Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle, I think, um, has proven to like turn the ship around from many different places. And I think he, um, 
he's going to make the Patriots a lot better. He came in last year, made his impact, and I think another year under him is going to make great players out of guys like Obi too. So, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely with you there. I think that's a great one. Uh, last one, six man of the year. This one I had a little trouble with. It's hard to kind of evaluate who's kind of be those six men right now. Um, I, I think this is something that can change very quick. Like, for example, if, if you told me Chris Paul is going to play all year off the bench for the Warriors, I would put him in this race. It sounds like he's going to start for now with the uh, with a Draymond injury. Uh, so I'm going Malik Monk. You know, he was a six man in the candidate last year. I think he continues to get a little better the more playing time he gets. I think, you know, he's a guy who can play in crunch time over a guy like Kevin Herter or with Kevin Herter and De'Aaron Fox. They could do that as well. So I think he is a really quality player that continues to get better. I'm going Malik Monk. Sweet. Um, and then to round off our list, I'm going to go with Quickly. Quickly was basically the number two guy in, on that sixth man, like finalist sort of category. Yeah. Um, he should have won it last year. And I think, again, this is a, this is a something I, I evaluate on under the schism of like opportunity. Um, Quickly if the Knicks don't give him a contract before, before the season begins, he's going to be in a contract year. So he's going to play better yeah. in theory. Um, should should I, the Knicks give him that contract? We were yes, going to get to that. They should. They should. They well, should. How much you want to give him? 90 million, 90 million to me sounds like a fair number. Okay. So let's just say he goes, I want 110. I want a little bit more than Brunson. What do you do? I think I still do it. You still do it. See, I, I don't, I, I, I this. I hate paying I, players. I don't hate paying players. I just, I don't think he's really earned that money yet. I mean, if you look at his year, it was a nice year, but like it wasn't anything spectacular. Um, well, I think you want to, I think you want to make the effort to like protect the core that you've built, right? Okay, so let's say quickly is, let's say we let go of quickly then. Now we have to, now we have to invest either in time. Or in a I'm not even saying let go of him. I think that's a great point. But I think if you don't pay him this week, what happens? He becomes a restricted free agent and any team can make him an offer. Is a team going to come in over the top and give him $140 million? I don't think so. We don't and know that. We don't know that. We don't. But unless he's about to make a fourth year to leap, and I hope that the Knicks know that answer better than we do, who knows but yeah. unless they know that answer is yes i probably would just hold pat and say we're just gonna match whatever deal comes in because if you notice you know restricted free agency it's really hard to get a big deal like look at austin reeves austin reeves looked like he was going to be a guy who was going to get the full max he could get which was 90 something million dollars and he got zero offers from any team and then the lakers said all right we'll give you 50 something million and he said deal i'll take it and I mean, is he a better player than Quickly? I think they're comparable. I don't think one is much better than the other. So it should Quickly get double the money before he hits free agency? I, I don't think so. Um, I just believe that there's not going to be this robust market for a guy because like that because if you want to sign Quickly on July 1st, July 4th, whatever it is, that ties up your cap for three days. So basically you're committing to a guy knowing that all the other free agents are going to be gone. And there's a very good chance the Knicks go, okay, we'll match the offer. So like the only reason really to do it now is just to make sure that he's not upset with you. 
And to me, that's not a good enough reason. Okay. So I know where you stand with that. Um, to me, the reason you sign him is to keep the core intact. You still have him as a trade asset. Uh, a, sorry, a trade asset that's under contract for four years, for three years. And if he's having a good season, that value of that contract is going to, is going to improve. Yeah, um, I mean, if, if obviously, but, if he does, if he performs better than he did last year, which is very reasonable, he's you know twenty four years old, he could get better. Um, then it probably makes sense to sign him now. But if you think this is kind of is what he is, then I probably wouldn't sign him now. And it's really just about the Knicks making that evaluation. So, and then here's the other layer of this that makes things complicated, right? Let's say a year from a, a year from now, let's say we don't sign him. Um. We're probably going to have Donovan. We, there's a chance we might get Donovan Mitchell, right? Sure. At that point, we're going to have three guards that we're going to be paying close to $300 million to. That's that's tough. That's, that, that to me is a con. Like, if you, th- if you think Donovan Mitchell's coming, I don't know if you should sign quickly. That's That would be the only reason for me not to get it. I don't want to plan around guys on other teams because that's what the Knicks have been that's doing for fair. 20 years, and that has never once worked out. They planned yeah. it on Donovan Mitchell last summer. That's that completely fair. And like, I mean, but that's, I feel like it. So, okay, fine. As a, as a counterpoint. Donovan Mitchell's not a free agent for two years. Two years. Sorry. So as a counterpoint to my counterpoint. Okay. In any Donovan Mitchell deal, if we do that, if we end up making a deal. Yeah. We're probably gonna have to include quickly, right? Maybe. Um, it could be draft pick heavy. It could be Barrett. It could. There, there, there's many avenues they can go to get a Donovan Mitchell deal to get a deal for a star player. It doesn't have to be quickly. Um, if you do sign quickly, you can't trade him for six months from when he signs a contract. So basically, that would eliminate moving him in a deal this year. That means he's a Nick for the next season. Um, but again, I don't. I, I'm not saying don't sign quickly because I don't believe he's part of the future. I'm saying don't sign quickly because I don't think there's a financial advantage to doing it now. He's coming off a very strong season. I'm skeptical he can do that again. I think you believe he's actually going to get better, which, again, 24 years old, very reasonable. And I just don't think he's going to break the bank as a restricted free agent because restricted free agents don't break the bank. Right. I hope you're right, Steve. But, like, there's no downside. Because, like, let's just say he puts up 20 a game on elite shooting. He becomes an all-star. You know what you do? You're going to pay him a little more. He's still under contract. He's still here. You can't – he can't just walk to another team. Like, even, like, think of the DeAndre Ayton stuff, right? DeAndre Ayton's a free agent last summer. The Suns hated him. He hated being there. They still got the deal done and then said, well, figure out how to make this work and – they didn't even want him and he didn't want to be there. And they still made it work for a year because restricted for agency, it's so hard to, to leave your team. All right. I take your word for it. I'm just saying, like, I, I also don't see the harm in taking care of your business ahead of the season. My, my thought on it and, is and, and and if he does play out play out his contract, you never listen, you never know how these things work out. That's like a variable that like you don't need to have. Right, like you're so like just for the same you're reason. You're talking about hold paying on, him like a, you're talking about paying on, him twenty five million a year. You pay on. him. You already paid Barrett twenty five million a year. You paid Randall thirty million a year. 
and you have Brunson that's 25 million a year. That's your core. There's not you can't add another star player to that core without trading one of those guys because you already hit your cap. So you got to be really sure before giving that final deal to one of these players that this is the right guy to do that with. That's all. And I just don't think they need to do it right now. Go ahead. I think we disagree on that. My point, my my whole point with quickly is that like I think you make a big point about feelings, about like, oh, he might get offended. But I think this is a league still that values like <laughs> that sort of thing. And I think the Knicks have actually done business correctly, like their last, well, mostly correctly for the past few seasons. Um, yeah. So uh, listen, I mean, listen, if it were my choice, I would sign them before. I, I also understand the point of like over performing and getting a ex- more expensive contract and like or just hoping for the best next season i get both reasons to do it saying if i were to do it i would just do it now that's it yeah no i, I don't think that's unreasonable i just kind of think of him as a player who's like in that six man nice score good defender you know eric gordon a few he's years a, ago he's our George best Clarkson. plus minus player though like i think yeah he, he brings a lot of intangibles that like a lot of the Knicks don't have. I mean, yeah. he's the only guard on our team that could give you 20 points any night and also guard the best guard on the other team. Like, Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. And uh, again, just to be clear, I do want him around long-term. I just... Sound like it, but whatever. Okay. I mean, if you told me he's going to take four years, 80 million, he's going to take a discount to sign now for the long-term security, which is what I believe contract extensions used to be and they're supposed to be, then I would do it. If you're going to get a discount, but it doesn't seem like you're getting a discount. It seems like you're going to have to pay a premium to make sure that he's happy. And to me, that doesn't really make sense. Like the player should be taking slightly less, not a ton less, 10% less to get that financial flexibility before his his season. What if he gets hurt this year? And then now he's going from a four year, hundred million dollar deal to what? One year, 8 million, something along those lines. Like that's true. The risk is all on his side. It's not on the Knicks side because they, they can keep him as long as they want to, the way the way it's structured. So I just don't see the incentive unless you're telling me he's going to cost so much more next summer, and I just don't believe that. Okay. So, yeah, it's a very good discussion, though. I mean, there, I don't think there's a wrong answer because we just don't know how he'll play this year. But, Chris, uh, I love it. Our awards, we're going to put these. I'm very excited about always putting that graphic together to put it on social in the next few days of our, our award race and see what people think. Uh, just getting to our final thoughts here before we wrap up the show. I'm a little concerned. There's still no word on this Harden situation. No one seems to know if he's going to play, where he's at. He kind of showed up at the camp and then disappeared uh, for the third straight year on our Dynasty you know, Keeper League fantasy team. I still have James Harden. I've not been able to get rid of him. I tried to offer you sing- him for Sangoon and you laughed at me, which is probably fair. Uh, how do you see this playing out? I think with every passing day, Daryl Morey loses leverage in the situation. I think you don't want to go into to the actual regular season and have this disgruntled player on the team. I mean, he got away with it with Ben Simmons, but I feel like you can get away with it with Ben Simmons because he's a younger player who could at least provide defensive intangibles. Like the problem, and and okay, fine. Like he he was going through a mental lapse or and some back issues. 
Harden is a certified problem child, no matter where he's gone. He got out of Houston, he got out of the Nets, and now he's trying to get out of the 76ers. Like yeah. on at on some level, your reputation does carry some weight. And I don't know if any organization is going to go through hoops and ladders to make a guy like that happy. To the, so if to you're the, them, do you just yeah, take the Clippers? Them, them as Sixers? As a Sixers. Do you just take Norman Powell in a first and basically thank yes. the Clippers? Yeah, yes. I do too. I, do yes. too. I, would, yeah. I would take that deal and run away. Right. Yeah, I might almost say for Norman Powell straight up and just do it like that. Um, I think but also, a, I think I feel like the Clippers are ridiculous for not including Terrence Mann. Like Terrence Mann is not gonna he's an important player, don't get me wrong, but he's not like he's not gonna be the difference here. He shouldn't be the difference here. Right. No, I, I think uh I think that's fair. It, it sounds like the Sixers are saying basically from the reports they would take a first round pick, a first round pick swap, Powell and Terrence Mann. That's what they're looking for. And basically, uh the Clippers saying no, we're not going to make Man part of our offer, and just you know, Maury doesn't think they're serious about making a trade. And I think, as you said, now this is going to start getting into the regular season. People are going to start talking about this. People are going to say, "Where is he? What's going on?" And uh, I, I just like for me, and I feel like for the health of the NBA, this is not good. Like we no. don't need we don't need to talk about another hypothetical player being traded for the first thirty games of the season, like we did last year. Like, it's just concerning because, like, this is not a top five player anymore. This is not a top ten player anymore. But he's treating himself as if he is, and he opted into this deal. Like, if the if you told if if you told the Sixers like in June I'm opting out, I think they'd be like, okay, cool, good luck in Houston, good luck with the, wherever you're gonna go. We'll go find. We'll go trade for Brad Beal. We'll go do the Damian Lillard deal. But now they have no options. They really have no options to replace his scoring. And I think they're in big trouble here. And I think their best hope is just to get out of this headache. And I think it's going to drag on. Yeah, which is a shame because, you know, James Harden, you know, incredible player, incredible He can still play. I just, he's not a top 10 player, but he still play at a high level. He can still play at a high level. Um, I don't care what the resolution is. I just care that there is one. That's kind of how I stand with it. And I don't want to talk Here's about something with the athletic. This tells you where these trade talks are. So basically Lawrence Frank, who's running the Clippers basically said the team stance is man will not be part of any offer. Okay. Maury, those people say expresses disbelief and accused the Clippers of being quote unquote unserious about getting a deal done. He even quipped that they should just trade Clipper star Paul George for Harden. If they were so determined to keep their lesser assets, a request that was immediately denied. So like I, I this doesn't sound like it's anywhere close. Everyone assumes he's gonna end up a clipper, but like this seems like the game to Miami thing, but with more animosity. Yes. And also with the whole uh Daryl Morey thing. Like it reminds me of, of our good friend Kieran in fantasy football trade talks. Un unserious is the way unserious. I would unserious. Unserious. So, uh, yeah, that's that's our show. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Thank you to our thank amazing you. watchers and listeners, uh, you know, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everywhere. We are back NBA season. I can't wait to talk real basketball. And uh, obviously, we'll be back even sooner if James Harden is uh, traded in the next few hours. But uh, not expecting that. That's going to do it for us. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk NBA action. Bye, everyone.
Bye.